<laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today. The eclipse day, of course, the eclipse has already occurred for most of us. In fact, all of us at this point in time have had the eclipse happening. Uh, did you get to see it? Uh, I actually woke up at just before it would have started and the sky was sort of clear. I might've been able to see it, but my husband got up at the time of the eclipse and the clouds had rolled in. So we wouldn't have been able to see it anyway. It didn't stop me though from connecting to it. And indeed I had some very odd sort of dreams last night, like out of this world kind of dreams. So I'm wondering how every one of you did with this eclipse. Uh, the problem with some of those out of the world, out of this world kind of dreams is you don't re really remember them when you come back. And I woke up this morning with this vague sense of having been somewhere, not knowing where, but not feeling upset about that at all. Just uh, kind of more upset, I think, because I don't know where I have been or what I've been up to in, in my dreams. So sometimes that's more disturbing than actually knowing. Uh, but let's see how everybody else is doing over here. I'm going to mute that. And hopefully everybody starts to check in here with us in the next few minutes. Let me make sure I am live. It looks like I am. This is a good thing, right? A good thing. So today we are going to talk about several different things. First, we're going to talk about the moon and the aftermath of this uh, lunar eclipse and what might we expect as we start to go forward from here. Uh, also, I want to talk about more about Sagittarius itself, the sign that the eclipse was in, but also the sign that the moon is transiting through right now. And what are some of the key ideas that come up in that sign? I mean, we've talked about some of them, but let's go a little bit deeper today. And then we're going to look at the new uh, Pleiadian Earth Energy Week. Today is a new week for the Pleiadian calendar, one self-regulating. And then it is also a new week for human design. So we have this energy of new coming in riding the heels of the full moon, which is typically about a completion or an ending. So interesting that they're sort of coming at the same time. That might mean that we have a couple of options opening up for us that we didn't expect. It might mean that we have an ending that we didn't expect without really knowing yet where the next step is, but being um, uh, open and optimistic that something will show up for us here in the short term as we get moving on into this eclipse uh, season. Uh, let's see again. Okay, everybody is showing up there. Good morning, Asa. Thank you for being there and holding down the fort in the chat. Pauline, hello. JLo, hello. Christine, good morning. And um, oh, that just went by so fast. Appointment. Uh, with Janet ASAP. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, hello. It's good to see you. Congratulations on your graduation. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, oh, glad I was on my phone. I forget you are on Wednesdays now. And good morning to you, Debbie. That's great that you joined us. Happy full moon eclipse, everybody, uh, Taylor says. And JLo, hello, Astro. HD family. I love that. Asa, yes, I had out of this world dreams and having visits from friends and family that had passed over. You know, that I forget about that, Asa, but that is something that does happen frequently in a uh, an eclipse pattern, often uh, in a Mercury retrograde, that same thing can happen. Sorry, another cat just came into my house and I don't know where my, oh, he's chasing my Binksy. So if you hear a cat fight going on here in a few minutes, you'll know why. 
Um, so there's this access that we have in an eclipse uh, or even in a Mercury retrograde that sort of draws us to the past and sometimes some, to some more of those experiences of interacting with our our uh, passed on relatives and people, friends, etc. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if people were having that. Uh, for my for my husband's part, he was uh, imbued with superpowers. And it was like Superman, if he wanted to get somewhere, all he had to do was put his wrist out or his hand out, like right in front of him and close his eyes and think about where he wanted to go. And he would pop on over to where he wanted to go. I guess that's like teleportation. So he was in, given teleportation powers. <laughs> it was pretty funny. He was uh, impressed with that. And uh, so anyway, it was an interesting night. Even if we didn't get to connect visually with the eclipse, we knew it was happening. And we the, the energy of the eclipse is always there with us, even when we don't see it. So now today I wanted to take a, a little bit more of a deeper look into the symbology perhaps of Sagittarius, since this is where the eclipse was happening. So when you think about the symbol of Sagittarius, it's the centaur. It is a being that is half man and half horse. The horse part being the lower part of the body, the man or human being the upper part of the body. And it sort of represents the grounding of, of humanity in the, the, the earth, right? Into the ground of the earth or into physical reality. So we're very grounded in the physical reality and the bottom half of the horse representing power. Our power comes from being very grounded to the earth. The human aspect, the upper half of the of the centaur, is uh, really relating us to the divine. So the upper part of anything is often the the higher part, right? The 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 higher vibration part, the uh, and not in a hierarchical sort of way either. Just representing the the tendency to be closer to heaven in that particular uh, symbol. So it shows humanity the human side of us in connection with the divine grounded into the physical part of the planet through the horse's hooves or the, the lower part of the horse. Now the centaur, the man, the manned part of this is holding uh, the arrow. And I always think of that arrow, the bow and arrow as sort of a tool that aims for the truth. And in Sagittarius, of course, we know that truth, the quest for truth is a big part of the experience. And the, a big part of the energy of that sign is we're aiming for the heart of something. We're aiming into the heart of what's really true. And that arrow happens to be uh, somewhat aimed at the galactic center and the galactic center being the, the point at which all of the energy flows out in our solar system toward all of the planets and bodies, stars in the system. And imbues us with information, encodes us with information. So what are we aiming for? It's the bigger T truth, right? It's the bigger truth, the bigger, uh, wider version of truth. And we talked about a very powerful truth on Monday. And the number one truth is about love, right? Only love prevails. And every time that we face a challenge, and I, you know, we've all got challenges that we're facing in some way, shape or form, right? In some area of our life, there is a challenge. Think about what is your main challenge in your life right now? Is it about having enough energy to keep going forward? Is it uh, a challenge to be in a relationship? Is it a challenge to have enough uh, clients or enough business or enough money 
uh, or being enough to, to be able to share of yourself with others, whatever the challenge is, health challenge perhaps, um, that the, 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 the juicy part of the challenge, uh, the way out of the challenge is for you to embrace it with love and to not see it as out there or other or something that is uh, taxing you. Uh, because if you view it that way, I mean, sure, sure, it might be taxing to you, but you need to be able to look at that with what is this showing me about me? Where am I out of alignment with loving energy or love energy? Not to beat yourself up with it, by the way, either, but to be able to, to heal, to be able to become whole, to be able to really live out your life on your terms, right? On in your quest for truth. So I would ask everybody, and, and I'm asking, I don't ask you without asking myself to do the same thing, is to look at all the challenges that you may be experiencing. And maybe it's just one big challenge. Maybe it's something that's always on wash, rinse, and repeat. But I want you to look at that, view it through loving energy, and ask yourself, what is this showing you? Where are you out of alignment with love? Because everything that is not, uh, every fear, every shadow is necessarily something that tells you information where you're out of alignment with love, right? Where you've gotten off track. So we have this supreme opportunity right now with uh, the, the centaur's arrow pointed right at the galactic center to get right into the heart of whatever it is that's been taxing us, right? Whatever it is that has pulled us out of that loving feeling <laughs> and into the fearful feeling or, you know, the, I had an argument one time with someone, it was too funny because the argument was that there are all of these emotions besides fear. And I said, but every one of them is from fear, right? Every, everything, anger, upset, frustration, disappointment, dissatisfaction. These are all energies that are in the shadow and the shadow by definition is where we are in fear. So even though we have all of these other words that describe something, a feeling, if it's not a, a feeling of love, then it is a fear-based feeling. It's something in the fear field. So we have these two great energies, love and fear, and we get to choose which side we are going to come down on in any situation. Now there's true fear. Don't get me wrong. If you're, if, if you're sensing danger approaching, uh, that's a different story. That is a, an instinctual reaction to survival energy versus those fears that come up because I feel like I'm not good enough. Or I feel like um, you, you don't really love me, so I'm going to quit the relationship first. And um, all, all those types of things, the false evidence appearing real, not the true fears that, you know, there's a, a danger, right? So we have these distinctions that we need to be able to make. So if you're not walking down a dark alley and sensing that someone's about to jump at you with a knife, which is true fear, the, all the other fears are just so much false evidence appearing real. Does that make sense? If it does, let me know. If it doesn't, let me know. You don't have to tell me if it does. Um, so uh, more and more people checking in here this morning. Good morning, Andy girl. Good to see you. Christine Buckingham. Good morning, Pauline. Minotaur and centaur must be related. A centaur is half horse and half human. A minotaur was a bull, right? A bull. So the minotaur also shows up in um, 
uh, fables and myths as an animal that really represented the age of Taurus. And the age of Taurus was preceding the age of Pisces that we are in right now. So it goes backwards, right? It precesses. So the ages move backwards. So we're precessing now out of the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius. So it's moving backwards, like the nodes move backwards through the zodiac. Uh, so do the ages, they move backwards. So the Minotaur really represented that age of the bull where Taurus was the age and the centaur doesn't really represent an age. He was the representation of the human and the animal. So the animalistic side of our humanity. Now, I also think that you, you should think about the fact that we are moving toward a solar plexus um, uh, evolution here in the next six years uh, in our human design, where we have been, uh, where we've recognized we are a third animal, we are connected to the animal instincts, a third human connected to humanity, and a third angelic, right? There's these three parts of us. Well, what's slowly going to be erased is our animal side, and um, the part of us that resonates with that animalistic uh, instinctual need for survival of the fittest kind of thing and becoming more of a 50% human, 50% angel. So and we see that we even have an angelic circuit in our human design that shows us that, that we, are, we have a lot of angelic energy within us. And even the mythologies of the Nephilim and all, all of the seraphim, all of these sort of mythologies we have kind of indicate that there's something more with humans than meets the eye right? That we're not quite animal. We're not quite angel. We're something in between where we were able to take the best of both and ground that in. And now we're evolving beyond that animalistic side of ourselves it may take some time, right? It's the dawning of an age uh, as we move into 2027. And that age literally will be about a 400 year period of time. So it's not like all of a sudden on January 1st, 2027, that we're different. <laughs> um, it's a process. We can see it happening now. Uh, and then of course, completing itself after that 400 year period of time. Um, so Taylor said 1111. Okay, so it's interesting because you guys are on the East Coast. You would have passed through that 1111. Uh, Christine, well said truth, Janet. Thank you very much. Christine Taylor eclipse was in my 12th. So fear, self-sabotage tendencies coming up, coming up for you to heal, to release, to, you know, look at straight in the eye, Taylor and say, I see you, but we're doing this anyway. I, or I see you and we're going to go forward fearlessly anyway. Um, okay. So Taylor, okay. Got that. And never heard of a Minotaur. Very interesting. That shows up in uh, mythologies around uh, Crete in the Mesopotamian area uh, where the Minotaur was very powerful as a symbol of power and strength, virility, fertility um, from uh, very far back in time. There are a lot of myths around that. Uh, so, uh, Christine Buckingham says, Taylor, look up the myth of the labyrinth of Crete and the Minotaur. Yeah, there's such great mythologies, great stories. Uh, Corey, good morning to you as well. All right, so let's dig in a little bit then to the sign of Sagittarius and take a look at what we can experience for the next couple of days. Uh, today, all day, the moon will be in Sagittarius. Tomorrow, most of the day, as we get to the evening, 
Uh, in fact, tomorrow, let's see, is the 27th. The moon goes into void tomorrow morning, my time, 1036, and is in the void until uh, 7.24 p.m., West Coast time. So we have a good part of the day tomorrow where we are in the wandering time of the moon. So we get to sit with what have we discovered about ourselves? What did we find out about our truths? What did we find out about those falsehoods that we've been holding on to our sacred cows, if you will, that we haven't been wanting to let go of? Um, those are all the things the truths are of love. And anything that's not of love is not truth. And that can create this little conundrum that goes on within our minds because our minds really want to hold on to something, the, the, the belief systems that we have. And now that we are taking that aha moment or that revelation or even the ending or completion that occurred in the eclipse, now we get to take it inward and to be able to sit with that and work with that and, and maybe determine what our next steps are. Remember, full first and foremost, the sign of Sagittarius is always on the quest for truth, for meaning. There's meaning that they're really looking for. The quest for truth is often spiritual. Sometimes we're on the hunt for our life purpose. Sometimes we're looking for our career or what it is that we have uh, that we are gifts that we want to share with the world. But in the end, all of that underneath is the search for meaning. Why am I here? Who am I? What does all of this mean, right? What does being uh, in the physical body mean? And we find that we go on this quest often through religion. That's often our first steps into the search for meaning or to search for the bigger uh, purpose behind uh, incarnation on this planet. And religion, then spirituality, perhaps, or the direct interaction of ourselves with the divine, higher guidance from our guides, our angels, or our uh, de deceased relatives who often come back. Uh, in a form of spirit to help guide us in, in uh, situations that we encounter in our lives. So the quest for truth is, it's not, it, it's not as, as superficial as that sounds, right? It's that quest for meaning, We're really searching for that deeper connection to everything. And part of that connection then is in the animalistic side, the horse part of the centaur that is connected to nature that is connected to natural cycles and rhythms of time and of the right and proper uh, timing in everything in our lives, right? Life cycles or the connection to the natural world, um, being living as a part of the natural world and not separate from the natural world. Human beings for the longest time have just sort of felt separate, I think, from the natural world. We go to the natural world when we need uh, solace or when we need to feel uplifted uh, or when we just, you know, need to shed all of the, the daily stuff that, that gathers around us. But do you really think about yourself as a part of that nature, as a part of the trees and the insects and the animals and the grass and the plants and the, all of the flowers and everything that is nature, the water, the rivers, the creeks, right? We are uh, at one with all of that, we are a part of it, but we seem to separate ourselves out from it in order to use resources for our own benefit, right? That's where that comes from. 
Uh, not that we're not meant to be able to use the resources. That isn't what I mean either. But we were meant to live in balance with nature, not above or separated from nature. So a part of Sagittarian experience, the moon bringing this to our our minds is about living as a part of nature in sync with it, not out of sync with it. Um, Sagittarius is also a sign that loves freedom. It's one of the freedom loving signs. And that's a big energy that is playing in our um, consciousness right now. And it's not just freedom that we think of with Sagittarius, which is more of the freedom to experience adventure, to explore to have a positive or optimistic viewpoint that is expansive and takes us into uh, sovereignty and explorations of who we are and our part in the bigger uh, part of the world. Um, but this is the freedom that comes when we are understanding how we're all connected, that, that we are individuals that are part of a collective and so the real search for freedom comes in how we react or respond to everything that is showing up in our world. And there's optimism here in this sign. This is the sign that's ruled by Jupiter, right? Jupiter. So there's optimism, there's generosity, there's growth and expansion, there's having faith. Another key word, right? Freedom and faith. These are key words that come with Jupiter sitting at the gate 55 in your human design chart. So in human design, the gate 55 is the gate of spirit, the gate of abundance, the gate of freedom. And freedom there is about being released from victim nature or our victimhood or victimization. And freedom here is also equated to having faith, the faith that can move mountains, the faith that allows us to stay the course with something when we really know deep down that it's correct for us. The, the um, faith that everything is happening in divine right timing in uh, maybe, you know, it, it's not that we can see why, but we have the faith that everything is operating at a divine level that we can't always see the reasons for, but we have faith that it's taking us into the right direction. Right. So that's hard sometimes in the midst of some of the chaotic things that happen in our lives. People who've lost jobs, people who are breaking up in relationships, people who are experiencing health challenges, people who are experiencing financial challenges, people who are not finding um, joy in life because they don't know who they are or where they're going or what they're supposed to do. So we have faith that all of those things will come in time, right, in the right and perfect time. Uh, in the right and perfect way. Uh, Sagittarius is a sign that rules higher education. So this would be post um, uh, primary education. So college, university, uh, training programs after you get out of college, like your postgraduate degrees, things like that. This rules mentors. So looking to the people that uh, might be helpful for you on your journey. Remember Chiron is an Aries, another fire sign, fire, fire here. And Chiron is reminding us that we're not islands of individuality, right? We're not just the individual, that we are all interconnected. And that any time that you are stuck or any time that you are in need, all you must do is reach out to your family, to your friends, to someone 
uh, maybe even making a silent call for the right person to show up that can guide you, that can help you, that can steer your ship for you for a moment, just to give you opportunity to become more aware of where you are and what you want. So college uh, or <laughs> college. So the idea of having mentors or coaches or counselors or guides uh, is very prominent in the sign of Sagittarius. It is a sign that's also about philosophy. What are our beliefs, our philosophies? And seeking answers, finding solutions, all a part of that Sagittarius experience. And in the more mundane arena of things, uh, Sagittarius rules the law in terms of attorneys and court proceedings and paperwork and all of that that comes with the, the adjudication of law, right? Getting things done. Uh, it rules lawsuits. But that's more of the boring part. The bigger part of, of the Sagittarius energy here is in the ethics and morality that is applied to the laws or is applied to how the laws are applied. So laws are meant to be able to equalize the playing field, correct? Right? We have laws that are in some sense protective of people's rights and are protective of one another. Um, but when those laws are not applied ethically or morally or equally, then we have Sagittarian upset here because we're not living the truth. We're not living our uh, values. So what we have here is really the conscience of law, the spirit of the law, the spirit of regulations that are meant to protect, that are not meant to divide, but we take them in and we try to, um, we monkey with them. <laughs> we monkey with them out of a fear that I'm not gonna get enough. I'm not going to get enough toys that someone else is going to get more toys. And so we have to apply integrity here as well. Now, when we're talking about integrity, we have different types of integrity. Uh, in Capricorn, we have more of the physical integrity, right? That the form, the structure can stand the test of time, that it is uh, not weak in the foundation, that we have something strong in the, in the bottom, uh, in the base, in the roots. But here in Sagittarius, integrity is more about being in alignment with yourself, right? You can't, um, you can't be out there blasting people for doing things that you yourself have been already doing, right? You can't be talking one message, but living another message that is out of integrity, and that is not ethical, that is not moral, that is not transparent. So we have new definitions potentially coming up for us as we are moving through this period of time. Again, the lower expression, because we always need to look at what's in that shadow, what is in the fear of the Sagittarius energy and its carelessness. Sometimes just flippantly saying things or in a blunt manner, communicating a message that can be hurtful or harmful, that isn't necessarily meant to be mean or spiteful, because I would never think Sagittarius energy was that way, but it just says the truth in such glaring ways that it sometimes can be uh, that they're sharing something, a truth like that without being invited, and it ends up hurting people's feelings excesses. Jupiter's here. This is Jupiter territory, so we can experience excesses of all kinds. Generosity is great, but being overly generous and dipping into your essentialness uh, isn't a good thing, right? Dipping into your essential energy is not going to be sustainable. Uh, Self-righteousness. This is the biggie, I think, when we get to Sagittarius energy, is that of believing so strongly that you're right, 
that no one else has any information that can add to your life, that you become self-righteous. So making assumptions, that's another part of the shadow energy here, making assumptions, assuming, you know what that means, right? Assum assuming uh, is making an ass out of you and me, right? Assuming, never assume. And of course, in the body, uh, Sagittarius rules the liver and the upper legs and the thinking about that takes me back to the horse, right? The legs, the strength of our body lies in our, the muscles, the musculature, the bone structures of our legs, particularly the, the upper legs, right? The, the connection of the thigh bones to the, to the hips and the pelvis that really give us that stability to stand upright. And uh, that's all ruled by Sagittarius as well. So lots of good stuff in Sagittarius, maybe that we didn't think about before. Um, questions, anything like that, give that to Asa. She will get that to me. Um, now, today is one self-regulating. We're starting a new 13-day period in the Pleiadian calendar. And that's an interesting thing because we have this one energy. The one is about initiating something new, about starting something the beginning, the, uh, the, the first steps to something. So the one initiates the energy. So universally today, every life form, every potential uh, that exists is in the one energy, the starting of something new. And in self-regulating, we had a, a chat last Friday with Pia and Colin, and they told us a bit about self-regulating energy, but it is primarily an opportunity for humanity to do things differently, to step outside of the usual way that you approach problems, the usual way that you respond or react uh, when things go wrong or when you're challenged in some way, step out of all of that and do something in a different way. If you're normally reactive emotionally, step back and become responsive emotionally. Choose um, the, the way that you want to show up in an emotional situation rather than just letting it, that knee-jerk reaction energy come out. So do things differently. If you've always been working, if you've been working on a problem and you keep approaching it in the same way over and over again, of course, that's the definition of psychosis uh, or insanity, uh, but try doing something different. Turn it upside down and look at it from a different point of view and approach it differently. That's how we regulate ourselves, right? Self-regulation is, to me, really about being responsible for everything that's happening for you. Uh, notice I didn't say to you, <laughs> everything that's happening for you, because even just that little perspective shift, instead of it being the something that's happening to you, which sounds very victim-like, it's something that's happening for you that is sort of a, a, an opportunity for you to greet the world in a new way or to greet that, that obstacle or that challenge uh, or that opportunity in a new way. So here we start a 13-day period of time in the shadow of a lunar eclipse and in the pre-shadow of the collective shadow cycle that's about to start, we get to choose, right? We're choosing love over fear. I mean, if we distill it down to its lowest piece, that's what we're doing. And then maybe we're gaining more self-awareness about how the choices we've made before in our lives in response to something that's showing up have, have been based or rooted in fear or shadows instead of rooted in love. And that gives us an opportunity to become aware of how love and fear have been operating in our lives. So we have so much opportunity right now, right? This is so, such good stuff to be able to see ourselves more clearly. 
Um, this is time for us to become more of a team player, right? To be on team earth, to be on team uh, love and to really take in the spirit of cooperation and how, you know, we are, we live in a cooperative. We, it's often said that we can do more together than we can do alone. And that's so true, right? That, you know, we, we sometimes need the uh, help of others that, that can give us insight or give us awareness or give us access to more energy that might help us get somewhere quicker. In human design, it is so beautiful to see in action in a relationship chart, right? We cross these charts and we see how it is that you are electromagnetically drawn together. Where are the sticking points? Where are there going to be challenges? Where's the love flowing? And then we can see how really a part of something bigger that we are, right? That we're not alone, that we are always interacting energetically with one another. Uh, okay, so that's our Pleiadian energy. Now, uh, Thursday, so Thursday tomorrow, because I won't see you again until Friday. So I wanna talk about tomorrow's energy a bit. Tomorrow we start the new human design week. And we also have a very powerful Venus in a square to Neptune. And I'm gonna talk about that one first. I think we chatted about that a bit on Monday, um, but Venus is the planet of love, right? She's the goddess that reminds us about love. This is more love on the physical level. Certainly it's not as, uh, it, it does have spiritual qualities, but it's romantic, it's intimate. Uh, it is more of the love we have for one another. And it is also the love that we have for our children. It's, you know, the love that we have for our friends and family, for the love for our animals, the love for everything, right? Love in the physical being. Neptune, on the other hand, also represents love, but it's representing the more etheric love, the more spiritual concepts like universal love, unconditional love. And so we have two very big types, subsets, if you will, of love coming together, but they're challenging, right? The square that connects them uh, tomorrow is the challenge, the challenge for us to rise above uh, what we think of as love and engage something higher, right? Something higher, something more uh, etheric, something just so massive that sometimes we can't even conceive of it, um, but it is there for all of us, right? To tap into that higher order of love. So tomorrow tests us a bit between the love that we think of as on the physical, or even maybe the, you know, inviting, this might be an invitation to step out of fear, to step into that bigger love, right? To, to embrace every uh, facet that uh, love energy has. Now, Neptune sometimes is also a planet of imagination and creativity, and Venus is also fairly artistic. So maybe tomorrow's a great day to, to, to drive some artistic energy, to uh, challenge yourself to uh, be more creative and imaginative, to bring more imagination into uh, your artistry in life or into a project that you're working on, etc. I'm just dying to show you all something that Ace has been working on for me in the background soon. Uh, I don't know if she's ready to share it today, but soon we are going to be sharing this new uh, symbol of, of living astrology with everybody. And it's, I'm so excited every time I think about it. Now, now I want to get a tattoo of it. <laughs> I want to just indelibly mark it on my, my body forever, uh, because it's, it, in, in, it embraces everything that I am, right. That, that 
I uh, strive for in areas like love, right? In areas like teaching, in areas like sharing information. It's just amazing. So look for that soon. Um, now let's take a look at the new human design week tomorrow. I'm actually gonna share my screen and I did open it up, good. So we are now going into week five in our human design from May 27th to June 1st. Remember the weeks in human design are five and sometimes six days long. So it is a faster period than the calendar and a little slower than it is in the Pleiadian. So it falls uh, to us to look here to in tune tune ourselves in to the energy so that we are in alignment with uh, sort of these themes that are coming up for us. Now, the sun and earth are going to be moving into the gate 16 and the gate nine. These are repeat gates, by the way, because these are also where the north and the south node are. So there are lessons encouched in this for us. The North Node is where we are moving collectively as a dynamic, as humanity, as a collective. And then the Earth sitting at the gate nine conjunct the South Node, showing us where it is that we still have work to do in order to get to where we want to go. So the Sun at gate 16 in the quantum human design system by Karen Curry Parker is called Zest. In traditional human design, it is called the gate of enthusiasm. Either way you look at it, the gate 16, which sits on the throat center, you see it right here on the throat center, moving downward toward the um, spleen or the center for time, intuition, health, uh, uh, fear. There's fear here in the spleen. So the 16 brings us this enthusiasm um, to express our talents or our skills that then catches on and spreads to others. So you know how when you are uh, expressing something you love and that you're really passionate about it, you have a sort of animatedness that comes about. And that animation is that, that zest or that enthusiasm, and that draws people in right? It draws people in because they want what you have. They want that enthusiasm. So the gate 16 is here to remind us that we have the voice of enthusiasm on our throats, that we have this zest for life that comes when we are aligned uh, with what it is that we're, our skills are or our talents. And when we're sharing those, that enthusiasm sort of spreads outward to everybody around us. So that's where the sun is. But the gate nine, where the earth is, brings us a challenge because it's called the gate of convergence in, in quantum human design. In a traditional human design, it's called the gate of focus. And here is where we can get overly focused on the details. And then we forget that there's this forest that we're a part of. So we, we have to learn here to be able to take focus energy, put it toward whatever the project is or whatever it is that we're doing, but without becoming tunnel visioned around it, right? Being able to stay open enough in the vision to embrace all that's happening. Um, sometimes the gate nine feels, uh, when it's defined, we feel a little bit like we have ADD or ADHD, where our, you know, we get the scattered feeling. This is Gemini energy, right? Both of these gates are Gemini energy. And part of Gemini's experience is scattered thinking, 
right? Where we're focusing. I mean, I'm so, I'm the consummate at this one, right? I'm working on something and then my, I see a message on my phone and I get all caught up in that. And then I forget where I was and I start something else. And then I go, oh yeah, I was trying to fix that video. So I go back to that. This is that ADD sort of feeling. It's like my focus is shifting, shifting, shifting. That is the challenge for us, right? The challenge for us is going to be about staying focused, seeing both the, the forest and the trees while we are expressing our talents and our skills, right? Keeping focused on what it is that we want to bring to the world or to our clients or to our families, to our communities in whatever way that is, right? Um, because when you're focused on that, then the enthusiasm has an outlet, that zest has an outlet. In the gene keys, we can see the gate 16 in the shadow or the fear. You can interchange these, right? If the shadow is indifference, but indifference is just a subset of the bigger energy of fear, right? Indifference, like I don't care. Nothing's gonna matter anyway, right? It doesn't matter as many times as I try to tell people about how to live their lives. They're not listening to me and I'm getting jaded, right? Or I'm getting, I'm indifferent. And indifference can happen in many different ways, but it is a shadow energy, a part of the fear field. We need to move out of indifference to versatility, honoring the fact that we can do many things, that we have lots of skills. There is no one on the planet that has not, does not have personal genius, right? We all have personal genius. It might be expressed in uh, cooking. It might get expressed in how we care for children. It might be expressed in how we manage money. It might be expressed in how we heal others, it, how we sing, how we dance. I mean, we all have um, our particular genius, everybody, every human. Um, so the gift here in versatility is that we can do many things. The trick is to find the one that is your real passion and to take it to the level of mastery. That whole channel 16 to 48, by the way, when we step out of the fear of inadequacy that 48 can generate, takes us into mastery. So some of you who have 48 to find, that's maybe just hanging there. Now for the next week, actually you've already had this happening because the North Node has been sitting at the 16, uh, that whole channel is uh, defined. Maybe you're just really finding your voice. You're really finding your talent and maybe you're just applying more and more energy to that and bringing it out in bigger ways. That's the opportunity that we have, all of us right now. But if you have the gate 48 to find in your chart for some reason, it's now you're on the, the hunt for mastery. In the, the earth at gate nine is the shadow of inertia and inertia is where we can't seem to get moving, right? The energy has come to a stop and it is a shadow energy because the fear is that we're not going to get going again, right? That, 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 that I don't have any momentum, uh, but I want everybody to remember that a part of this experience and our planet is that we move into periods where we are in that quiet space, where we're in that lull, if you will. And then that's followed by a period of time where we're expressing outwardly all of the juiciness that is life and all of our talents and passions are being expressed outwardly. And then again, we go into the incubation or the quiet part, the inertia where everything appears to come to a stop, but the momentum builds again. We're never stuck there unless of course you start becoming fearful that you're stuck and then it can, you know, make that a longer period of time. The gift here is determination. 
you know, being determined. And then Siddhi is invincibility. By the way, we are all invincible. You just have to find your invincibility, right? And it's right here at the gate nine. Uh, the best thing I can tell you guys when you were looking at these uh, each week is to get out your Gene Keys book and do a study uh, uh, you know, just for deeper contemplation and read uh, the Siddhi of uh, the gift and the shadow for the gate nine. Read the same gift, Siddhi and shadow for the gate 16. And then pick out what it is that was startling to you or surprising to you, or where did you see yourself um, and, and what you're experiencing in those gene keys. That's a, a self-contemplation that I think every one of us can, can do that can help us see where we are still living in some of these shadow energies. So, okay, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. Uh, ASAP, I wasn't looking at my phone. I don't see any questions. So I'm going to go over here real quick to see what's going on. Kamal, hello. Great to see you out there. Uh, thank you, JLo, for the reminder. Please, everyone, take a moment and hit the thumbs up button. And uh, uh, that showing that you like the video, share it with your friends or put it on your social media networks. Um, and also, if you are new and you haven't yet done so, please hit the subscribe button. There's a little bell next to the subscription, too, that will... Uh, if you connect with that, we'll let you know when I come on air uh, or when a new video is available. Uh, okay, so JLo says, all these gates are yelling, hi, JLo. I've seen, I've seen Karen's posts and have all those posts in my, or all those gates, I'm thinking, you mean in your design? Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, you did. Okay, I have 48 to find, Kathleen Mallory says. So here you have an entire channel, Kathleen Mallory, that is taking you into mastery, mastery of self, mastery of your um, divineness, whatever that is that you are here to master. And I think for you, it is about the mastery of self, right? So very exciting stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, I think today what I want to do since we have, we have about 15 minutes left and I don't often get to do this anymore, but today I wanna do some readings for people, uh, some card readings. Uh, dragons were called to my attention yesterday or the day before, I can't remember which now, must've been yesterday, I don't know. So I feel like I need to do some dragon cards. I feel like if you are needing direction that this is a time for you to reach out and get that, that wisdom through the oracles. Um, Asa will give me the list of people. I can tell you right now, I don't always get that list. I mean, she sends the list to me, but I often don't see the message in order. So please don't worry. It's not that I am purposely leaving you out or anything like that. It's just the order in which these things come to me. Um, okay, so let me get the cards while Asa's getting the list. Uh, first one is dragons, if there's called for the dragons. I also have this very big calling right now to work through these cards, the Galactic Heritage cards. So I'm going to get those out. And the Wisdom of the Oracle, my favorite standby <laughs> deck that is always, always so wise, and uh, work through some readings. So who's first? I'm going to go back. I have to go back here first. And oh, my Lord. Um, I totally did not see all of us here. Taylor says, I wonder if I'll reincarnate in 400 years. 
here's going to cook your goose. What if those 400 years are already happening concurrently with what we're experiencing right now? And you're already alive in that string, right? Or in that stream of consciousness. Yikes. Um, there's always such fun energy we could think about there. I would love one since I get on a plane tomorrow after 28 years, you have never been on a plane or you haven't been on a plane in that long. Oh my gosh. So, um, I see Pauline wants a dragon Andy. Okay. Asa, I'm going to let you make the list, but it looks to me like Debbie Tibbetts was the first one. And, uh, thank you for doing that. JLo posted a card for the collective in the Facebook group. I love it. So Debbie, I'm going to pull you a dragon. And then I see Taylor and I mean, Andy, Taylor, Pauline, Christine, JLo. Okay. So let's do these. Let's just do this. So for Debbie, this is Debbie Tibbetts, two meal, your dragon. And thank you, Asa, for keeping that list for me, because you know, I'm going to lose it in a minute. And here we go, Debbie. Oh, a rose pink dragon. How fun, since we've been sitting here um, talking about love energy for this morning. Uh, how do I get back to Zoom? Dang it, there we go. Okay, so Debbie, this is the card you get, a rose pink dragon. And it prepares your heart to connect with the higher facets of the cosmic heart. And at the bottom here, it says, open your heart to warm hearted love and diamond light. Connect with the love of the universe. So a rose pink dragon. And let's see what that has to do with it, uh, the, the wisdom for you. And rose pink. Is the seventh dimensional dragon. And it says, Rose is the vibration of pure and beautiful, warm hearted love. And these seventh dimensional dragons radiate this higher love. Our heart center has 33 facets, which range from the green of conditional love through pink to pure white. When we are ready to open the pure white transcendent petals in the center of our glowing heart, the rose pink dragon helps us to connect our heart with Venus, the cosmic heart, where we tune into the cosmic love and oneness. These beautiful dragons are attracted to us as soon as our heart is ready. We may feel our heart center becomes warm when they are near us. People will then respond to the rose pink that is starting to shine in our energy fields. Here's your guidance, Debbie. Receiving this card suggests that your higher heart is ready to connect to the cosmic heart. Ask the rose pink dragons to touch your heart center and sense it awakening and expanding. When the four center petals open, they sparkle with diamond light. They contain the higher facets of the love energy of the universe. Be aware of them lighting up so that all 33 facets of your heart center are active. You may see or sense a shaft of rose pink light flowing from your heart right up to the cosmic heart, which open wides to you. Breathe opens wide to you. Uh, breathe soft, warm pink light into your aura. Notice how you transcend your emotions as the rose pink dragons stay close to you and light you up. I mean, how perfect is that, right? For an opening card, uh, considering that we have Venus squaring Neptune already in the uh, progress, but tomorrow exact. So perfect, Debbie. Uh, okay, after Debbie. Doop, doop. Okay. Andy girl. And I think Andy, you want a dragons, right? Um, I think I remember that dragons. So dragons, dragons for Andy girl. And 
Thor's red, black, and gold dragon protects you in times of change, a time of rapid transition and transformation. Relax, you are safe. So there must be something changing in your life right now. So Thor's red, black, and gold dragon. I'm having trouble seeing where the dragon's head is. Oh, here it is. Okay. I wasn't looking over here. There's the dragon's head, his wings, and his tail off to the end. Let's see what this card means. Thor's red. This one doesn't do, um, the cards aren't listed in <laughs> alphabetical order. They're in some other order. Here we go. Uh, during this incredible period of transition, everything on our planet is changing rapidly. Thor's mighty red, black, and gold dragons work directly for Archangel Gabriel, the mighty archangel in overall command of fire, who sends them to any area or situation that needs immediate clearance. Thor is the god of thunder, the elemental master of fire, and his red, black, and gold dragons carry powerful fire energy. For the optimum use of this blazing power, they connect with Mars and its ascended aspect, Nigele, so that they can act as peaceful spiritual warriors throughout the universe. Maybe you're putting on your spiritual warrior costume here, Andy. Uh, guidance, drawing this card indicates that you are ready to change a situation, circumstance, or relationship, or are already doing so. This is challenging for you, and the universe is reminding you that you have earned the right to receive support and assistance. Your guidance is to ask an army of Thor's dragons to clear the energies around you and protect you as you make the transformation. Then relax, knowing you are safe, guided, and supported. Thor's red, black, and gold dragons will ensure you make the changes in a way that is for the highest good of all concerned. These very hardworking warrior dragons consume dense energies very rapidly and thoroughly, and they come to you with dedication, love, and wisdom, so accept graciously what they have to offer you. This card is also a call to service. You are asked to send Thor's dragons to places and situations that need their protection at this time. Mm, mm, mm. I love that one. All right. Now after, uh, la, 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 after Andy girl was Taylor, uh, Taylor, 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 Taylor needs a dragon. Mm. She can get on her dragon and ride her newfound power and knowledge out into the world. You get an air dragon. Ooh, I don't think we've ever seen this one. Air dragon helps you rise above earthly matters, communicate honestly, brings inspiration and hope, sees life from a higher perspective. An air dragon. That's appropriate since we have a lot in Gemini, which is an air sign, right? And the book, Air Dragon, I swear we haven't seen this one before, uh, page 20. So an air dragon, fourth dimensional air, <clears throat> air dragons are, hold on, are blue, the color of the sky and fly lightly around us. Air is the element of communication, and these dragons help us to speak our truth. They also encourage us to breathe properly so that we inhale as much source energy as possible. When air dragons puff their energy over a person or situation, they bring new hope and opportunity. We can call on them to exhale over situations to enable resolutions to be taken for the highest good. In their energy fields, they carry the light of higher possibilities for the planet. 
Here's your guidance. Air dragons suggest you take things lightly. So choosing this card indicates you should relax and look at part of your life from a higher perspective. Air dragons also inspire you to communicate honestly, but lovingly in a way that calms and soothes everyone around you and promotes good outcomes. Honest communication will bring pure white light into your aura. And when this happens, everybody will trust and respect you. Blue air dragons are supporting you as you rise above your challenges. They will help you to say the most tactful or inspirational words and assist you to stand in your own power and integrity. Breathe blue, breathe blue and white light into your heart center. And as an air dragon appears in front of you, breathe the light over it. In this way, you are energizing and motivating it so that it will always be connected to you. It is time to decide on your next step. So be clear about what you really want. Your air dragon will accompany you as you fly towards your chosen destiny. Huh. Gives me chills to think about that for you, Taylor. And especially because you've just graduated, right? And you've got all your whole life ahead of you now. What are you going to paint on that canvas of your life now? Uh, all right, Taylor, Pauline. And Pauline, uh, seems like I saw something that you wanted. Who got Air Dragon? That was Taylor Jenkins. And Pauline, 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 did you say what kind of card you wanted, Pauline? Got attunement to dragon. So we're going to give you dragon. This is for Pauline. And see what dragon she gets. And, you know, I'd almost forgotten I had these cards until my friend Londa the other day said something about a dragon. Ooh. You get aquamarine dragon from Neptune. I don't think we've seen this one before either. And it says, enables you to access, access your deepest soul wisdom. Spirituality and wisdom are available to you. Develop your psychic abilities and receive ineffable soul knowledge. Aquamarine dragon from Neptune. Got that powerful trident, right? So let's see what that means. What fun. I love it when we're getting new cards that we haven't seen before. Uh, to me, when that happens, uh, it's, it feels like we've elevated to a point where we can understand a different level or from a different level. And they bring us that, uh, that new energy. So this is page 82. And it says, Neptune is the watery planet of advanced spirituality and enlightenment. The aquamarine dragons from this illumined planet carry the light of the universe, which contains spiritual information and knowledge. They will approach us and ask us to tune into them so that they can download this light into our energy fields. This will enable us to take information and know how to apply it wisely. As these gentle dragons flow around us, they also help us to access more of our ineffable soul knowledge and wisdom and pass it to others humbly, sincerely, and honestly. They have the ability to pour liquid light into us, which builds our crystalline light body more quickly and enables us to shine. They also enhance our psychic development by enabling our psychic chakras to open up more easily. We may find our subtle knowing is heightened after encountering them. 
Here's your guidance, Pauline. Aquamarine dragons from Neptune are water dragons. They will flow around you, surrounding you with their aquamarine energy and awakening your psychic abilities. Connect with them often. For each time you do so, they will light up more of the keys and codes of your true essence. This will bring you soul contentment and a sense of your divine magnificence. And you will experience a higher level of enlightenment and see your world and the universe through different eyes. Your guidance is to drink a glass of blessed water as you tune into these dragons, then they will be able to touch you more profoundly. Wonderful. Love that aquamarine dragon from Neptune. Uh, okay, and next after Pauline was, oops, not that one, uh, Taylor Jenkins, Pauline, Christine Buckingham. And okay, uh, Christine, did you have a specific card or... I don't know, Christine, somehow I'm getting galactic heritage for you. It's something about a galactic message you need to hear. Don't ask me where that's coming from. I'm from out there somewhere. So for Christine, let's see. I'm feeling this buzzing right here in my head for you. Right side. Hmm. Ooh, arrogance from Lyra in the present. This does not mean that you are arrogant, but arrogance is a, a definite uh, energy here in Lyra of the present. And 18. So I've lived a lifetime in Lyra. In fact, one of my more recent lifetimes apparently was in Lyra. And here it says, one of the more negative Lyran traits is that of arrogance, the belief that only they know what is best. In ancient days, they pushed their agenda and beliefs on many civilizations, resulting in dire consequences. Humans have this tendency as well. Often the intentions are good, but the outcome is not. Examine your own inner motivation for the things that you do. Is there a feeling of superiority? Conversely, is there a feeling of inferiority within you? This is an ancient pattern. Do not concern yourself with others' opinions or actions. Tend your own garden, which leads to true inner peace. This is the final Lyran card from this time stream. This Lyran transit is shared by humans, and both Lyran and human cultures have to transcend this challenge before they can evolve as a species. The Lyrans eventually evolved beyond it, but it was difficult. There were times in the Lyran past when arrogance almost destroyed them, and unless humans move beyond arrogance, we may not only destroy our planet, but our species as well. If this card comes up in your reading, truthfully look at where arrogance may play a part in your life. Is it in your beliefs, your actions, your attempts to control others? If you honestly do not find any, then look to those around you in your life. Is their arrogance affecting you in negative ways? If so, it is a lesson for you to access your strong, confident Lyran energy in a balanced way and keep your personal boundaries intact. Often we teach people how to treat us through our actions or non-actions. Take a good, honest look at how this theme plays out in your life and take whatever measures are needed to create balance from a place of loving kindness. So mm, that's pretty powerful. I feel that one. All right. Who was after? I can stay maybe for another five minutes here. Car for J-Lo and Kathleen Mallory. And... Uh, I get to pick. So I'm going to pick dragon for JLo. 
Jan on JLo needs a dragon. Kathleen, I already know that you're getting a galactic one. So we're going back to the galactics, but right now, JLo, this is your dragon. It is an earth and fire dragon works with you to clear the fifth dimensional ley lines. It is time for service. When you give, you receive earth and fire dragon. Beautiful symbol there, right there. Spiral, earth and fire, earth and fire. It's 28. Maybe you're, you're going back to uh, Puerto Rico to clear some energies from the land there. They certainly seem to have had a lot of, of uh, issues over the last couple of years. So this is a card of service for the fourth dimensional brown and orange. Oh, okay. Brown and orange earth and fire dragons are calling on us now to help them clear and light up the new ley lines of our beautiful planet. The original ley lines were called dragon lines for they were maintained by the dragons of old. Now a new fifth dimensional ley line system is being placed into the earth to carry golden Christ energy and prepare the planet for the new golden age. The dragons of earth and fire move through these lines, creating a path of light through which the higher love frequencies can flow. Here's your guidance, JLo. Humbly invoke these dragons and have a sense of the power of the flaming orange fire combined with the grounding brown earth. Reach out a hand to touch the dragons, then visualize earth being crisscrossed with the lines of golden light. Picture these dragons anchoring this golden Christ energy wherever there are sacred places on the globe. Mentally place a golden flame at each of these sacred portals until you sense our planet lighting up. Whenever you are out walking or driving or flying in an airplane, that's my little words there, ask the magnificent earth and fire dragons to travel along the ley lines below you. Bring the Christ light down through you so they can distribute it where it is most needed. When you give, you receive. The earth and fire dragons will illuminate the challenges on your route ahead, and as soon as you have acknowledged them, they will dissolve them. This will smooth your path. It will also allow you to step lightly into your role as a master in the new gold, as the new golden age approaches. Mm. Mm -hmm. Carrying your light to a different country. Mm -hmm. Earth and fire dragon. All right. Kathleen, you're next. You're last. Last is best. This is a galactic heritage card. That is for you. And this one is called Confusion. And here we go. Confusion. Card number four, the Andromeda system. It's a parallel universe to ours. A parallel. So let's look at confusion and how that wisdom can help you. Oops, that's not it. There we go. All right. So we often feel safe and secure when things stay the same. When things change, we feel a profound sense of disorientation or confusion until we can realign ourselves to the new reality and build a map for navigating it. To help this process, try to see that often the same messages or life lessons are being given to you in different packages. Find the continuity in these different messages and you will ease the confusion. Confusion is only the fear that you don't have a map for the reality in which you find yourself. The Andromedans are masters of change and rising above confusion. Let their energy guide you. In order to understand this card, you must understand the concepts explained for card three. Uh, card three was about change. Uh, 
the idea of constant change is actually embraced and understood by Andromedans because they see the fear of change as being connected to the state of attachment. Attachment to things, ideas, or ways of being can deeply hinder awakening and growth. Thus, the Andromedan reality reflects these principles. When we walk down the street, we see a consistent reality that seemingly doesn't change. But in, in Andromedan reality, which is more aligned with the true state of pure consciousness, reality changes constantly as a reflection of the observer. This is true for humans also, but we haven't yet understood this fact. If people cannot or will not embrace change and create a safe harbor or anchor in their own consciousness, rather than in the external world, they will experience a profound confusion and fear when reality inevitably changes and they feel lost. They then become distracted by the phenomena, positive or negative, of the manifested 3D world. It is like a compass that has stopped working. They lose touch with their inner sense of direction and focus. This card is speaking about that state. If it comes up in your reading, it is usually a warning to not succumb to this trap of physical reality and to examine your life to see where you have accepted illusions as truth. Once again, there are many Andromedan guides and masters who can assist in this process. That's a big one. That's a big, big, big one, especially when uh, the human design week is shifting into the 16.9. I wonder what that, well, you, yeah, 16 is connected to your gate 48 now. Uh, so interesting. Now I'm going to draw one last card and it is going to be an animal card. I should have drawn one yesterday or Monday for us to uh, get through the eclipse, but let's do it now. One that's going to get us up to the shadow period, Mercury retrograde, the shadows within us that we're all having to work with. And we get rhino spirit. Rhino spirit says overcome any obstacle. Card number 50, which is a five, that implies change, transitions, movement. Uh, so rhino spirit, let's see what that means. And... 50 is going to be back here. Okay. The Oracle's message is we always have the choice to press ahead and Rhino spirit strength offers you the power to break through stubborn obstacles. This animal spirit knows where knows there is more than one way to open a path to what you seek. When Rhino spirit appears, you are reminded that you have a marvelous ability to overcome obstacles in multiple ways by going around them, shattering them with the force of clear, deliberate intentions, or even transforming them into clouds that drift away by refusing to allow them to limit you. Apply your Rhino spirit with creativity and no obstacle can stand for you have magic to make and many ways in which to make it. Your power is awesome right now. Rhino Spirit also wants to remind you that when an obstacle appears to prevent you from getting what, you're what you desire, it means that something much better is coming. Keep that in mind when you consider the nature of the obstacle in front of you now. Great Spirit loves you so much and only wants the best for you. Now, it just occurred to me, I just read the upright version, which must be true for at least some of us, but it was an upside down card, which means I need to read the protection message. And it says, the appearance of an obstacle in front of you offers you a choice, barrel into it and bang your head or find your easiest way around it and don't fight it. 
Are you exhausted by your efforts to break through an obstacle? Are you stubbornly insisting that there is only one way to remove it from your path? Rhino spirit is here to tell you that sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it is no, not yet. And sometimes it is no, not the way you think it should be. Open to new possibilities and you will find other options begin to appear. Not every conflict is worth engaging in and not every obstacle is worth resisting head on. Don't waste energy banging your head against the wall. I love it. Great. Okay, guys, that's it for me today. I will be back Friday. And don't forget tonight at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, I will be on Angel Heart Radio with Annette McCoy. And we'll be looking ahead at some of the shadowy periods, uh, the things, the, the new moon solar eclipse coming up in June. And um, that will be on the Angel Heart Radio Facebook page, right? We broadcast live to that page. That's it for me. See you all later. Have a good day, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.